You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Worship your holy name more and more, not just with our songs, but also with the whole of our hearts and our lives we put on the altar of worship to say, Lord God, you alone deserve all that we can bring more than songs. Lord God, we bring ourselves to you this morning and say, Lord God, let us, like the offering of Abel, be acceptable unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Lord God, and as we proceed into your word this morning, Lord God, we pray that you will open to us the pages of scriptures and enliven them so that they will change our lives. So that they will draw us into a revelation of Jesus in the name of Jesus. That we will see clearly who you are and what you are drawing us into. In the name of Jesus Christ, have your way, dear Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God for another wonderful Saturday in His presence. Bible says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is not about bricks, it's about the people. We the living stones that make up the house of the Lord. And I'm glad that you are there. I'm glad that I'm also able to come this morning. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the Lord himself, the rabbi, the teacher, the one who teaches with authority, not like the scribes, that he will teach us his word and that we will grow and become more and more like him as we see him in the name of Jesus Christ. For those of us who are just joining us today, I want to notify you and for those who might have forgotten, I want to remind you that we started a series for this month, we started it last week, and the series is, I am, I am. Remember how Moses had an encounter with God, and he was asking God for his name. And God told him, I am who I am, or I am that I am. And we have brought this home to say, also, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, as he roamed this planet during the few years he had physical ministry upon the earth, he made several statements beginning with I am and we have started to consider one of them. Last week we considered one of them called I am the light of the world. Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Uh, that is, if you follow me, you will not walk in darkness and you shall have the light that gives life. So today we go to another um, topic in the series I am and it is called I am the way. Jesus made this statement. It's not any man that made this statement. Jesus himself made this statement. And I'll go straight to where he made that statement. In the book of John chapter 14, we're going to read verse 6. Again, last week we mentioned that we'll be using the book of John a lot. As we study this, I am statements of Jesus. Indeed, the text is taken from the same book of John. A book I already mentioned is my favorite book in the Bible. And so I'm going to read the book of John chapter 14 verse 6. I believe that you are there right now. So let's go. The Bible says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So today I'm just going to stop on the first part. It says, I am the way. Subsequently, 
we will dig deeper into the other expressions in media. But for now, we're going to focus today on I am the way. This is Jesus Christ speaking. And like I mentioned last week, which is also foundational to what we are going to do today. Whenever you hear Jesus make those kind of statements, I am something, I am something, he usually references something in the local context that the people can understand. Or is referencing something in their religious background, that is the religious background of the Jews. Something that can resonate with them, something to which they can relate. So when here he said, I am the way, he was actually speaking of something way, way deeper. And this is what I want to draw us into. Before we go into deeper stuff, I'll just quickly read from maybe the same John chapter 1, I mean chapter 14, I beg your pardon, reading from verse 1, to lay the foundation, then we will go back to peel scriptures, to say what did he really mean when he said, I am the way, and what does that mean for us today? Hallelujah. It says in verse 1 of the book of John chapter 14, it says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many mansions. So here he introduces the father. He said, in my father's house, I'm not a homeless person. I have a father. And in that house, we have plenty, plenty room. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. I love the way Jesus teaches. You know, his words are always loaded. And you don't get to understand them just by one reading. But as you read and read again, and you brood on it by the help of the Holy Spirit, then they begin to make meaning. Then the deeper meaning begins to surface. He was speaking about many things here. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. That is, I'm going to leave where I am now. I'm with you face to face speaking to you in this dusty city of Jerusalem. And I'm talking to you about my mission. That I am going somewhere to prepare a place for you. And if I go, verse 3, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. He was speaking about the rapture. He was saying, I will come and take you. I will come again. I will appear somewhere in the sky. And I will take you so that you may be with me. Then he said, that where I am, there you may be also. That is, we're going to have our boat with him. Verse 4. He says, and where I go, you know. And the way you know problem. Hmm? Verse 4 is a very problematic verse and you will see it later. It said, the place where I'm going, you already know. And the way to that place, you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Then verse 7, Jesus speaking said, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and you have seen him. Verse 8, another disciple, Philip, said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. That is, it will suffice. Just show us the father, please. Then verse 9, Jesus answered him. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? 
you will understand why the disciples were confused. Hmm? From all of history, hmm? since the fall of man in the garden of Eden, the way to the Father became obscure. From that moment where in Genesis chapter 3, the man and the woman were judged, of course the serpent was judged. Both the spiritual and the physical serpent judged. But let me focus on the judgment of the man and the woman. The Bible says they were thrust out of their beautiful home in the garden of Eden. Of course, we know what happened. They disobeyed God. They ate the fruit that God said they should not eat. That on the day that they eat the fruit, that they shall surely die. So they received a gift from the enemy called spiritual death. A gift which was a consequence of their choices. So they died spiritually. So they, they did not know the way back to God. It's not about entering the garden. Garden was a place where God met them. It was not the house of God. It was not the abode of God. So God cut off communication with them. They went out into the ground from which they were taken. And the Bible said they began to toil. They began to labor. And they copulated. And they gave birth to Cain. And after Cain, there came Abel. And we know this story. How in the search for God, Abel was trying to do something. The Bible didn't say God asked them to do anything. Read your Bible. Genesis chapter 4. God didn't ask them to do anything. The Bible says they of their own volition say we're going to make an offering unto God. We're going to sacrifice something unto God. The truth of the matter was at the time that they were chased out of the garden of Eden and the communication with God was broken, they became a need for man to want to yearn for God. So man was asking, how can I know this God? How can I get close? This God that dealt with our father. How can we get close? Mind you, there were a lot of things already happening in the world at that time. Cain had been banished. He had become a fugitive. He had gone to start a city. He had started life somewhere else. The Bible says in, uh, if you go to Genesis chapter 4 verse 26. Let me quickly rush to Genesis chapter 4. The Bible was talking about how Seth was born. And after Seth was born, that is the replacement for Abel. After Seth was born, the Bible says his son was called Enosh. Seth gave birth to a boy called Enosh. Give me a minute, I'm there. And the Bible says in verse 26, And as for Seth, to him also a son was born. And he named him Enosh. Then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. He said from that time that Seth gave birth to his son called Enosh. He said people began to say let's start serving this God. Let's start looking for this God. Let's start getting close to this God. But they didn't have a blueprint. At the time there was no record of people who were following God. You know we, we heard about Enoch at some point. That Enoch began to walk with God. And he was no more because God took him. And then on the on the progression of the story, if you get to chapter 6, we saw a man called Noah. A man called Noah. If you go to chapter 6, if I read from verse verse 7, the Bible says, so the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the earth, for I am sorry that I have made them. 
said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So in the search for God, people were trying all kinds of things, inventing all kinds of things. There was a lot of idolatry in the land. There was a lot of wickedness in the land. There was a lot of perversion and corruption of the race. The Bible talked about in same chapter 6, if you read from verse 1, about a commingling of the human gene where the so-called sons of God and the spiritual beings, celestial beings, came and copulated with female homo sapiens and they began to give birth to people we call giants, the great men of the old. There was a lot of corruption on the earth. God said, I'm tired of this mess. I'm going to clean everything I have created. Man and beast, the creeping things, the flying things, I'm going to wipe them away from the surface of the earth. But suddenly, verse 8, Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That is, God began to introduce this man called Noah. Before that point, we didn't know the name before. So God said, I found somebody that I want to use as a specimen for what I'm about to do in the future. And I introduce what is called grace. This is the first time this word is coming into scripture. The Bible says he found grace. He found grace. You remember who grace is? Huh? We've talked in this series about the fact that the Bible says the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So God said, I'm going to introduce this grace right now. Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. The Bible says it from verse 9. It says, and this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons. That is, because of grace, Noah was able to walk with God. Because Noah found grace with God. That is, Noah found a pathway to walk with God. He found a way to walk with God. The way of grace. That is something that God offers, not something that man does. Something that God offers. So we began to see this relationship between Noah and God. About the Noahic covenant. We remember in chapter 9. After the flood was gone. That God spoke to Noah and said, Noah, step out of the ark. You know, there had been the flood. You know, God had preserved a, a set of people that found grace. And those who were connected to them. Are you getting where I'm going? God has said, this man that found grace and his entire household. Grace will cover you. So he put them in the ark. When there was tribulation all over the earth. Where there was water and flood all over the earth. 40 days and 40 nights. And rain was pouring. Bible said these ones were kept in the ark. They were preserved by grace because they found a way to work with God called grace. So grace preserved them. And God said, after the rain, said, Noah, step out. Sacrifice to me things in the ark, some of the things to mark the beginning of the new earth. Indeed, it was as if God created a new earth at that point in time because he wiped away everyone and every creeping thing from the face of the earth at that point in time. Go to the same chapter 8 of the book of Genesis. Let me read from verse 17. See what the Bible says. The Bible says, Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every animal, every creeping thing, every bird, whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, went out of the ark. 
Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every one of the clean birds and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then, listen, said, then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy everything that I have made. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. You remember where we heard something like this last? It was in the book of Genesis. Yes. Genesis chapter 1, where God was blessing mankind. He blessed Adam and Eve. And he said, be fruitful. He said, and multiply and fill the earth. Exactly the same covenant. Exactly the same covenant blessing. So indeed, when the, the, um, the flood was over and Noah came out, it was indeed a new earth. I'm coming somewhere, please follow me. These are indeed shadows. And this is the essence of reading the Bible with understanding. The things that we read from the Old Testament, they are a form, a shadow, a typology, if you like, a kind of figure of the things that are the reality of the new creation, of the things that Jesus will now come to teach and expand, the things that we believers will be brought into. So we see shadows of them in the Old Testament. You know, the Bible went on. If you flip to... Uh, the book of Hebrews, for instance, just to buttress this point that these things we see, they are shadows of what is to come. When Jesus said, I am the way, I am the way, he was speaking of something deep, something fundamental, something far back. But he was saying it to connect the things that happened before to the things that were happening at the time he was saying those things and the things that will happen later in the book of Revelations. So he said, I am the way. Let's go quickly to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. We know that passage all too well. In fact, we've dubbed it the Hall of Fame or Heroes List, Heroes Collection. But today we are looking at the heroes from a different lens. Let's go to uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Go to verse 8. Let's see that our beautiful hero. You know, I stopped in the um, in book of Genesis around Noah. You know, after Noah, that wasn't the end of it. Of course, Noah uh, and his children, they began to spread. In accordance to the word of God, he said, be fruitful, multiply. And he said, do what? Fill the earth. So you remember in chapter 11, there was a story about building uh, a house that will reach into the heavens and God came and confounded their language and everybody was scattered from that point on. Right. In chapter 12, of course, that's when Abraham was introduced as Abraham. So God began to also walk with Abraham and begin to show him his covenant. You know, there was the Noahic covenant where he had a covenant with Noah. He said, oh, if you see this rainbow, it means that I will no longer clear the earth with water as I have done before. I enter a covenant with you as long as you see this, you know that see time and harvest, cold and winter, day and night, we remain forever. You remember that covenant? Of course, so in chapter 12 now, God began to make new covenants with Abraham. And we know how the story went, how the Lord told him, through your line, through your line, the entire earth will be saved. The entire earth will find salvation. That is the Savior, the promised Savior in the book of Genesis chapter 3. That one who will bruise the head of the serpent and say, will come through this line, through this line. Do you understand me? So, reading about um, 
our dear patriarch Abraham in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Now, I'm saying this to give you the context. If you go to verse 8, the Bible says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place he would later receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in the foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. The Bible says, this man, after Noah, found grace hmm? in the equation of salvation. He said there's something else apart from grace. Grace is the gift of God in the equation of salvation. He said Noah found that. He said, but for Abraham, he began to charge something else, another parameter in the equation of salvation, which is called faith. And that's why this entire book is, is devoted to the concept of faith, to celebrate the heroes of faith, of which Abraham is primary. So he began to talk about Abraham here. I said, this man is stepped out in faith, backed by obedience to say, hmm, in working with God, in finding the way to God, it looks as if the parameters are getting defined. Number one parameter is grace. That is, God doesn't wait for us. God comes to us. God offers it to us. But he won't force it on us. We've got to accept it by faith and work with him in simple obedience. Simple obedience. If we keep going, I don't have time to run all through this. I'm just doing this to lay a foundation. Go to uh, verse 17. Verse 17. The Bible says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son. That's another figure. That's another shadow. You remember who was going to offer his only begotten son. In John chapter 3, verse 16, you remember the only begotten son. So again, this is a type of what God was going to do through Jesus Christ. And he was saying, this is a pathway. It's a pathway of faith. It's a pathway of sacrifice, which I'm already showing you a way to the way. A way to the way. If you keep reading, you will go to, um, say, go to verse uh, 24. Okay, let me start from 23. The Bible says, by faith, Moses... When he was born, was eaten three months by spirit because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused a status. Lord, help me. You know, here am I teaching about the way. And here this jumps out. It says, as part of the things that happen in the way, for those who find the way, and not many find the way. It said, there's something that they do. They deny a worldly status. Lord, help me. It said, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He denied his status. He said, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God that enjoy the passing, fleeting, temporary, seasonal pleasures of sin. I, I, I like the Bible. The Bible is very frank. The Bible isn't saying sin is not pleasurable. For those who have rocked life, who have chopped sin, the only reason you were doing it was because it was enjoyable. He said, but it's for a season. Because under the season of the pleasures of sin, the pains, the punishment, the consequence of sins, they kick in. He said, Moses, 
He forsook all that. He left the status of being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He left the temporary pleasures of sin. This is the way of those who find the way called Jesus. He said he left the treasures of Egypt, Lord Jesus. He said, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the riches of Egypt, the riches of the treasures in Egypt. He said, for he looked for the reward. He said, the man abandoned what Egypt had to offer. What alternatives to Jesus, what they have to offer. He said, this man who found the way, who was going towards the way, he said he abandoned it. He said, by faith, verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. <laughs> said, Even though the earth has his king called the devil, the master of this planet, the one who rules this world, the prince of this world, not the owner of the earth. The earth still belongs to the Lord. The Lord. He said, but the one who runs the system of the world, the devil, the king who runs the affairs of this place. He said, Moses, he was not afraid to confront him, to confront Pharaoh. And so is our Lord as believers, those who have found the way. He said, we too, we do not care that the devil is here. In fact, we exercise authority over him because we've been given authority. He said, Moses led them. If you go on, he said, in um, verse 27, he said, By faith Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he would destroy the firstborn should touch him. By faith they passed through the Red Sea and by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so were drowned. A lot of things, a lot of things here. He said, By faith. Eh? Moses instituted some practices. The practice of the Passover. Remember who is the Passover lamb? Jesus Christ himself. The lamb of God. He said he introduced the practice of slaughtering the lamb. And says put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. When the destroyer sees this mark, he cannot touch him. Remember whose blood brought us remission of sins, not atonement alone, but remission of sins. That is the taking away of sins, not the covering of it. The taking away of it. Jesus Christ. He said these shadows and things were ahead. They were there just so that we understand when Jesus says, I am the way to the Father. So that you understand what he was saying. Stand back from Genesis. To say there have been different ways by which you attempted to meet God. You will slaughter bulls. You will kill doves. You will kill pigeons. You will find scapegoats. And everybody will put their hands on it and send it into the wilderness for the sin of the people. For the atonement of the sin of the people. You will go into your tabernacle. The priest will do their thing in the outside quarter. And the high priest of the year will go into the holy of holies and offer blood. He will offer a bullock for himself. He will offer the goat for the people. Say, no, no, no. You were really trying to reach me. Just like your forefathers have been trying to do all the way from Genesis. The Bible says they began to call upon the name of the Lord. The Lord that they didn't know. So they were creating all forms of worldviews, religions, Hinduism, blah, blah, blah. Everything started coming. They, they will put a calf down and say, now behold your gods that brought you out of the land of Egypt. It was all an attempt to reach this God. And there were different shapes and forms of religion. But Jesus said, no, none of that is the way. I am the way. The truth and the life. I am the way. 
These are all shadows. Go, let's let's flip back. Let's flip back. I'm already there. Um, let's go back to where we're reading in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. Go to chapter ten. Hebrews chapter ten. I read verse one. Bible says, "For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never." With these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach it perfect. He said, No. Even though in the era of Moses he instituted all these sacrifices, imagine if we're still doing those sacrifices today, none of us will be able to cope. Imagine how much they'll be sending cow now. If for every sin you commit, you go and buy a cow. In fact, it's the full enhancement that will be the richest people on this planet. Not those who have gold, not those who have platinum, not those who have crude oil and gas. It's those who have cow that will be the richest because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and we will continue to buy them, buy them, buy them. As you are watching the, the uh, price of bread going up, it will be the price of cow going up, price of cow, of pigeon, of doves, of goats going up. But Jesus came and said, this was a shadow. I am the real way. I am the way. I am the truth. In verse uh, 7 of chapter 9, read what the Bible says here. Bible says, Hebrews chapter 9, if you read from verse 7. It says, but into the second part of the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood. This year to go with blood. It said, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that he... That the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. Listen. He said, they were doing this. And by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, we know that the indication of that is that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. While the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered which cannot make him who performed the sacrifice perfect in regard to the conscience consent only with foods and drinks with various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation he said they were doing these things those things cannot be the way of course they have to do it every year don't do this, don't wear this, don't touch that, don't eat that, don't drink that. You must sprinkle the blood, you must do this, you must wash with water, you must wash your hands, you must wash your legs, you must wash your ears. He said those things were just shadow to say when the real one who is the way comes, he will give you a different formula. Indeed, he will give you a different formula. Go to verse 24. He said, for Christ... That's, I'm reading chapter 9 of the book of Hebrews, verse 24. It says, But Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands, which are copies of the truth. They are photocopies. He said, They are copies of the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. For us. For us. So when he was speaking in the book of John chapter 14 verse 6 to say, I am the way. He's saying there are three places. The outer courts, the inner courts, and the holy of holies. He said, I am the way that goes right into the holies of holies. The place where you can actually have an encounter with God. He said, the people are outside. They don't know what's going on on the inside. Only one person 
in a year, once a year, has access inside the Holy of Holies. And who did they go to meet? They go to meet the Father. For what reason? For the atonement of the sins of the people. He said, for I am that way that goes right into that Holy of Holies. Do you know why the, the veil covering that Holy of Holies was torn from head to toe? That is from top to bottom when Jesus gave up the ghost. He said, I've created another way. You don't have to go through the Mosaic way. You don't have to go through the Noahic way. It's not by burnt offerings. It's not by the food offerings. It's not by the grain offerings. It's not by the drink offerings. It's not by any kind of wave offerings. It's by me. The real offering. The one who offered himself. I am the way to the Father. I am the way. So in John chapter 14, when he told his disciples, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. This is what he was speaking about. He says to them, there may be those who pretend to be the way. There cannot be the way, for I am the way, the truth and the life. He was speaking about two things. If you read again what we read in the book of John chapter 14 verses, he was telling them two things. He said, I am going somewhere. I am going to the Father. And there is a way. So he was speaking of two things. Of destination and of the route. Jesus told them, he said, I am going somewhere. If you back off a little bit to chapter 13. He was telling them, he said, the place I am going to. You cannot come there now. Hmm? The Jews, you can't come there now. Then in chapter 14, he had left the Jews. He was now speaking to his own disciples. He said, even you, I'm telling you the same. The place I am going, you cannot follow me now. And the route, he said, you already know. I have told you where I'm going, but you can't follow me yet now. You should know where I'm going, and you should know the way to where I'm going. So his disciples were telling him, what are you talking about? This destination and this route you are talking about, what are you talking about? They, they didn't understand it, but they, they, they were just being ignorant. The truth of the matter is that on the subject of destination and route, this is an age-long, age-long, age-long concept. What do I mean? Destination is something that all religions have. Hmm? When Jesus was saying, I'm going to a place, he's saying, after I die, and he was speaking about his death. If you read from chapter 13, he was washing the feet of his disciples. He was telling them, oh, somebody is going to betray me. I will be killed. I will be disgraced. And, you know, I will rise on the third day. He was telling them about his death. He was telling them about how Peter was going to deny him. Do you understand? That's the, the, the premise of the discussion. He was saying, hey, look at what's going to happen dear disciples your master jesus is going to die so when he dies he will go somewhere that's the destination we're talking about that is after this life this physical life there is a destination to which i am going hmm? but there is a way that will land me in that destination and he's saying you know the destination and you know the way every religion has an idea of what this destination is. If you go to Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, whatever, Shintoism, whatever name you call that religion, 
there is a concept of life after death that is when people die they will go somewhere most religions tend to agree on a general form of where people go they agree there is a place where you go to meet the almighty creator they call him different names some say he is almighty god some say he is allah some say he is this some say he is that but there is some form of convergence around the fact that when people die they go back to their maker whoever they say that maker is whatever name they give that maker and then they face judgment which then puts them on the left or on the right in a place some people call heaven and some people call hell some people call one name or the other but there, there is this convergence around a good place and a bad place when people die i'm trying to be speaking generally now yeah so they call a good place heaven we call it heaven everybody agrees there is some bad place how bad it is you know there is there are different shades of it everybody seems to have a theory around where people go when they die except of course for people who just try to you know uh, be inventive and you know they just say forget it there's no meaning to life the the artist and even them deep down in their hearts they know that the theory doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense so what there seems to be a lot of disagreement about is how to get to that destination and that's what each religion has now developed to say in order to get to this good place after we die what do we need to do and that's the basis of the rules that guides each religion so some will say oh you need to live well you need to do your five prayers you need to do ablution you need to fast in the month of ramadan some will say you need to give to the poor some will say you need to isolate yourself like the monks you need to go to a solitary place and stay in a state of meditation so that your soul can be purified some will say when you die you need to you know um have some members of your family praying for you so when they pray enough for you when they give arms enough for you then you will be translated from a place into that good place a lot of theories a lot of theories so jesus was here saying i know that you have heard a lot of things about where people go when they die i know that you have heard a lot of things about what you need to do to get to that good place out of the two places people can possibly go i know you have heard a lot but forget everything you have heard i am the exclusive unique only way to the father i am that way i am not a way like the rest of the ways and there are alternative ways that have been created in the name of religion he said but i am not like them in fact i am not them i am the only way if the person you want to see at the end is that good god in that good place that we call heaven he said there is no other way to get them he said no one can come to the father except through me no one Acts chapter 4 verse 12 he said there is no other name under heaven given unto men by which we must be saved there is no other way 
you may choose to ignore this fact. But he's saying to us, not only to his disciples, he's saying to the world, I am the way. I'm not just some kind of way. I am the way. But like the disciples, like the rest of us, the issue is that most of us, we don't even know the destination. Let alone know the routes. And I am, I'm not talking about going to church. Hello, please listen to me. I beg you in the name of Jesus, listen to me. I'm not talking about going to church. Say, oh, I, I know the way because I go to church. Oh, I know the way because my name is a Christian name. In fact, my son name is a Christian name. In fact, my great grandfather's name is a Christian. And it's a Christian name we have in our eternity. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. You can actually be very close to Jesus and not know the way. And this is what this scripture is telling us today. Look at John chapter 13. If you read verse 36. In the same line of thought. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Do you know who Simon Peter is? Simon Peter is in the inner caucus. He's not just among the twelve. He's in the three. The three closest to him. Simon Peter was asking Lord, Lord, where are you going? Simon did not know the destination. Hello? You can be as close to Jesus as Simon Peter. An apostle with, with fire and brimstone in his mind. And not know Jesus. It doesn't matter what your title is. Another disciple, check this same John chapter 14 that we are reading. Read verse 7. Thomas, you remember Uncle Thomas? Uncle Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we who know the way? Thomas was a disciple. One of the twelve. Thomas saying, even me, I've been a disciple. I've been following you for three years now. He said, even me, I don't know where you are going, no. Neither do I know the way to where you are going. Oh, you are not convinced. Another disciple doesn't know the road. John chapter 14. This same John. Read verse 8. Philip said to him. We have read Peter. We have seen Thomas. Philip in verse 8 said to him. Lord, show us the Father. <laughs> and it will be sufficient for us. Then Jesus got angry. Jesus said. I have been with you. For so long. And yet. You have not known me. Philip, you have not known me. He's saying the same to us today. He said, you have been coming to church three years. He said, yet you don't know me. You were born and raised in a Christian house. Yet you don't know me. It's not enough that we have money devotion in our house. It's not enough that I read my daily due devotional. I... I cannot know Jesus until I know Jesus. It's got to be personal. It's got to be personal. I can memorize my entire Bible and not know Jesus. That's what he was saying there. He said, you can be close to me. Oh, the rest of the disciples. In fact, if you check Judas, chapter 13, verse 30, the Bible says, having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately and it was night. He said, Judas already left the group charts. Before they even got to chapter 14, where they were discussing destination or route, Judas had already gone. We have seen four disciples out of twelve. The remaining, the remaining eight. Shh, shh, shh. Don't, don't say I told you. They were just afraid to ask. Even though they were there, they did not talk. Actually, they too, they did not know the answer. So Thomas spoke for them. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. 
I'm not the only one that is ignorant here. He said, there's a lot of ignorance in the land. We don't know what you are talking about. So it doesn't matter how long you have been around church and church people and singing church songs and wearing church dress and speaking church language. If you do not know Jesus, you have not known Jesus. If you have not had an encounter with Jesus, you have not known Jesus. If we that are close to church don't know Jesus, how much more the world? You are listening to me this morning, you are not even a Christian. You are a Muslim, you are a pagan, you don't go to church, you are a free thinker. He's saying you need to know me because there's a lot of ignorance in the land. You need to know the way. You need to sort out the question of your eternal destination. You need to sort it out with assurance. With assurance. You need to be sure where you will open your eyes if today happens to be your last day on earth. He said the question of your eternal destination. Do you know the answer? Do you know the answer? Do you know the way to it? Are you sure you will go to heaven? He said, are you sure? Jesus is saying to us, I am the way. If you go back to Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is saying, there are alternatives, but I am the only true access to the Father. I am the only true access. Verse 13 of the book of Matthew chapter 7. The Bible says, and these are red letter words spoken by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He said, enter by the narrow gates. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. He said, oh, there are other ways. In fact, they are big and broad and obvious. He said, but they lead to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. He said, but narrow, narrow is the gate. And difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. The question is, are you among the few who have found the way? Or are you among the many who have entered the wrong way? And there are many wrong ways. You know, man, out of our ignorance, or sometimes it's just out of pride, or a combination of both, that we have devised other ways for ourselves. In the name of religion. And of course, the devil, the master deceiver. He has created alternative destination. He said, don't worry, there's nothing called heaven, there's nothing called hell. He's busy lying to people. And by the time they find out that there's a place called heaven and hell, when they have died, it's too late. One chance. They have entered the broad way and it has landed in destruction. Alternative ways are being peddled today. A lot of alternatives. You say, oh, you don't have to believe in this Christian nonsense of heaven and hell. Even though Jesus preached about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. You say, oh, there's something called reincarnation. If you die now, just make sure you do enough good things. And your good karma will be more than your bad karma. And then you can come back as a goat. Or you can come back as a beautiful flower. Or you can come back as something else. You don't have to face punishment in heaven. There is no God anywhere that's going to send you to hell. Some will say, oh, God is too loving. He's not going to send anybody to hell. No, no, no. He's a loving God. It is true. But the Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of God. He has made a way and you choose to ignore the way. You choose to trample upon the way. To create your own way. And you think, somehow, God will waive the consequences of your choices. 
We have created alternative ways. Oh, you, 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 when you die, even you, though you die as a sinner, you can go to the purgatory and for some reason you will stay there and your relatives on earth, if they can do a lot good work for you, if they can pray hard enough for you, if they can give arms hard enough for you, somehow you'll be given a pardon and you will cross from that place and enter into heaven. They are lying to you. By the time you find out, it's too late. Some will say, oh, don't worry. You can get to this heaven, this, this beautiful paradise of God, by doing jihad. Just go and be killing people in the name of God. Tie yourself with bomb, chest, you know, put a vest of bomb around you, go and bomb people, and you will die. As you are dying, you are going straight to heaven. And in the heaven that they are painting, is a heaven where there is a lot of sex, where there are virgins, seven virgins that will be given to you. They are lying to you. They are lying to you. That is not the destination. And definitely Jesus is not the way that leads to that kind of place. Jesus is saying, there is a way that seems good to man. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12. He said, but the end thereof, that they are the ways of destruction. They are just fooling you. I am the way. I am the way. Every other way will lead you into a wrong place. I am the way that leads to life. Every other way leads to death and destruction. These ways lead to eternal death. But I lead to life. Will you choose me? Will you choose the narrow way? I am the narrow way that leads to life. This is who I am. I live to life. Don't try to create your own way. Your own way will not get you to the place the destination I'm going where I'm preparing mansions in my father's house for those who will follow me. Your way will not lead you there. I know they've taught you about legalism. I know they've taught you that you must keep the laws of Moses. You must follow the Ten Commandments. You must do ablution. You must do this. You must do that. You must keep all the laws in the book of Numbers, of Leviticus, of Deuteronomy, of everything. You must keep the books, the laws in the book of Leviticus. You cannot keep those laws. You cannot. If you could, Jesus would not have come. You cannot. All your righteousness is just like filthy rack. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6. It's just like filthy rack. No matter how hard you try. In fact, James chapter 2 verse 10 says, If you like, try to keep everything. He says, if you break one, you are guilty for breaking all. You cannot enter that way by legalism. You cannot enter that way by logic. Say, I'm a smart and intelligent person. I will enter. The Bible says God did not choose a lot of wise people. Mm-mm. He said he didn't choose those who think that they are smart. In fact, God chose the foolish things to confound the wise. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 19 to 21. You will see that God has chosen the foolish way of the cross to bring about salvation through the man Jesus Christ who is the way, the truth and the life. You have to choose him. You can't enter heaven through doing lots of good work. And I hear this, I shake my head when I hear it. They say, oh, you don't have to follow this Jesus. Just be a good person. You can, bros, sis, you cannot be good enough. You cannot be better than Jesus in trying to be good. You say, oh, just be good. Be doing charitable things. Instead of giving 
um, your, 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 your time to Jesus. Instead of giving tithe, instead of giving offering, just make sure you go and give to orphanages. Give to charity. As you are giving to charity, you are scoring points in heaven. And when the good points overweigh your bad points, God will admit you to heaven. That is not how it works. There is no such scale in heaven where we are weighing your good works against your bad works. No. There is just one good work. The good work of finding the good way in the good man called Jesus. That is all the good work. In fact, Acts chapter 10 verse 38, the Bible says this Jesus, he went about doing good. You cannot outdo Jesus in doing good. He has done all the good there is to do. It's your work now to accept him as the way, the truth, and the life. And I beg you this morning. In fact, I invite you, I implore you, friends. If you have not found him, there is still room for you. Jesus is still out there saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Remember the book of Genesis, the ark of Noah. That way will not be open forever. He said, yes, I am the way. But this way will not be open for life. It will not be open forever. There was a time God told Noah, shut the door to the ark. And only those who were inside were safe. The rest of humanity perished. Guess what is going to happen soon? Rapture. Rapture is like that ark of Noah. Those who have followed the way to enter into Jesus. Jesus is the ark. And we are in Christ those who have managed to find that narrow, not obvious, difficult way and have entered into him. We are preserved in him. So during rapture, it takes us to be kept in him. Then tribulation, we engulf the planet and ravage the world and destroy people. And they will look for the way and they will not be able to find him then. Because then prayers will no longer be answered. The way shall have been closed. The road shall have been closed by that time. And people will need to now pay with their own blood to receive what is available for free now. That way will not always be there. Before rapture, none of us is going to make it out of this planet alive. We're either going to be taken away in rapture or death is going to take us before rapture. And so if death comes today, friends, if death comes today and shuts that door and shuts that way because death can shut it. Physical death that is. Where will you open your eyes? On the other side. Will it be in heaven? Or will it be in hell? Choose the way. I appeal to you today. I beg of you with the message of God. I don't care how long you have heard about this same message about Jesus about a personal relationship with him I don't know how long you have heard but if you have not given your life to him if you have not found the true way if somewhere in your heart you are not sure you will make heaven this call is to you this call is to you friends this call is not to your neighbor it is to you you need to answer this call if that person is you, would you like to bow your heads now while I pray with you? Bow your heads. Humble your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I come to you knowing that my righteous acts cannot save me. It's true that I've been around church for long 
and I've been around people that follow you, but I have not met you. And I'm not sure where I'm going to open my eyes if I die today. I'm not sure what will happen to me if rapture happens today. I'm not sure if I'll be left behind. But I want to be sure now. I want to confess you with my mouth. I want to believe you in my heart. And I want to begin to follow you the way today. Help me. Is that your prayer? Please pray it. Please pray it in a minute more. Please pray it. Ask Jesus to come into your life. Ask that he will open himself up to you. That you will find this way that leads to life. And peradventure you have found the way. Ask that he will keep you on the way. Because many do fall from the way. Oh yes. Oh many started a journey with us. They are falling by the wayside. Many fall from the way. Ask that the Lord will establish your feet on the way. Ask that the Lord will keep you to the very end. That he will establish you to the very end. In the name of Jesus Christ. That he will establish you in the way. In the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father I pray for my brethren this morning. Those who are coming to you for the first time. Those who are accepting you and coming on this narrow way from this morning. And those who shall come into this narrow way later. Even when they hear this message later. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you will accept them in the beloved. In the name of Jesus that, and that you will write their name. In the Lamb's book of life. In the name of Jesus and that you will take away their sins. You said concerning us. He said those whose sins we remit are remitted. Those whose sins we retain are retained. Lord Jesus, I pray that the sins of as many who come to you today are remitted by the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And for my brethren who are already on the way, I pray that you will keep us on the track. We will not be taken out of the way. In the name of Jesus, the enemy will not lure us out of the way. In the name of Jesus Christ, lukewarmness will not take us out of the way. We will not be spooned out of the mouth of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, we will remain in Christ till the very end. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you have answered our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. God bless you. And I invite you to join us same time next week. We go on in our series on I Am. And in this series, we are discussing and examining and teaching on the person of Jesus and his attributes. He says, I am the way. Next week, we will go to I am the truth. And in truth, we shall meet him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store and also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street off Eric Moore, Lagos. God bless you.